Coming up this week, Ryan escapes The Walking Dead, Andy is back on Monkey Island, and we dive off the cliff into hardcore sax. I'm Ryan. I'm Andy. And this is Weekend Rental, episode 139. Well, the season is here, uh, Thanksgiving. We we just missed it, but that, uh, that also means that today uh, we should be on or following... Black Friday with this uh, recording and uh, with Black Friday, of course, comes the um, amazing consumerist uh, holiday and deals. So video games this year. I know we talked last episode. It's kind of funny. We talked about how there's nothing to really be excited about for holiday season. But I think this year might be some of the best Black Friday deals for electronics and games that I've seen in many, many years. Have you uh, been picking anything up or noticing anything that caught your eye? Um, hmm, that's interesting because I haven't seen too much that's been like, I mean, some of it's really good deals, but it's probably not stuff I'm that interested in. Sure. Um, the one that really kind of jumped out at me and surprised me was uh, Sonic Frontiers. Yeah, down to 25 some places, right? Yeah, that's uh, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. So I, gra- I grabbed that. I didn't. I was waiting for that other. I need that other five dollars to fall off, and then I'm all about it. Yeah, it's tempting though. You buy that on what console? Uh, I bought it on Xbox One because I heard the Switch is kind of rough. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Switch is not the preferred platform. I guess if you want to poop and play Sonic Frontiers, probably your only option. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's uh. I don't know. It's got some really weird mixed reviews on it, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm interested to try it out, I guess. Yeah. I'm looking forward to grabbing that one at some point too. That's all you picked up then so far. Um, Hmm. You know, the, the, the Xbox series S two fifty. Yep. Two fifty. I even saw it on 200. On really? Some weird, you know, some weird sale that they kind of hacked and figured out how to, interesting how to stack a coupon or something like that but um yeah that one's that one's tempting to pull the trigger i just feel like mm, they're gonna drop the price and then next year they're gonna be like you know series s is discontinued <laughs> you know yeah that's my fear too I, I always just figure like well my one is limping along just fine right now as my second machine so but yeah i, I was pretty tempted too to Pick one up, especially because I saw they had that bundle where it was like two eighty nine, and you get a second controller. Um, yeah. But then that's been the other good deal of this year is like Best Buy has probably some other places too. You can get like an Xbox controller for forty bucks right now. Um, you can get PlayStation Five controllers twenty bucks off for fifty, which is kind of crazy because Sony never drops mm-hmm. prices on first party like that. Um, so I did pick up, yeah, I did pick up the red Xbox controller. Trying to think what else I got there. You know, I'm with you. There wasn't anything I had to have. I bought that 40 inch um, 1080p TV at Walmart for 98 bucks. <laughs> it was like a Roku TV. I was like, I don't need it. I guess I could upgrade my game room. And then I was like, well, I'll just turn. I decided to just ultimately turn it into a gift and I'm going to give it away anyway. But 98 bucks. How can you not grab yep. one? Yeah. Um, and then I bought uh, the anniversary collection Atari 50. That was down to 30. Ooh. Yeah. I wanted that. I was going to buy that anyway. Um, so I grabbed that. I grabbed 
Monster Hunter Stories 2 for 25 bucks because I figure even if I don't play that, that's probably a game that's going to be worth 110 years. So <laughs> true. I'll grab yeah. that. Uh, and then I bought Shredder's Revenge because it was $5 off. Um, hmm. And I bought all that stuff through Best Buy and area and a $5 off certificate. So uh, I could have yeah. bought a few more things, but those are the ones that I, like, I knew I'd play most likely. Yeah. I I think I'm going to go for those Kawabunga collection and the yeah, Atari one bucks. too. Yeah. Yeah. The Kawabunga collection for 20 bucks. If you don't already own that, grab that thing. Plus some of those deals, like if you were late to the switch, those prices at target, like 30 bucks for breath of the wild, 30 bucks for animal crossing. Like that that's nuts. It's cheaper than anywhere else by five yeah. bucks and half off on a Nintendo first party title. Are you kidding me? I mean, I can't imagine nobody doesn't own those already, but still. This is going to be the first Nintendo where they don't have a $20 line, right? Yeah, there's no selects. You're right. Yeah, they're not going to do that, I don't think. No, we're too far in. Yep. Yeah, and there was... (sighs) I know there was some substantial PC deals, too, um, for some decent PCs. Things were marked way down. Monitors... I looked at a couple that were severely discounted. They looked good. Um, and there's, and there's lots of physical stuff for the PS five, like returnals, cheap 30 bucks, Xbox one, I, just consoles. I'm not going to buy physically for right now. Yeah. Um, but you could definitely get some of the last years and the previous year's best games right now for a really good price physically. So it was good to see. And I think they kind of had to do that because if you're buying a console for your kid or if you bought them one last year, again, there's no blockbusters coming this holiday. So yeah, everything that's out's out, you know? Yeah. You have there's... to, <laughs> I, I did laugh that like the Oculus quest, it's like, Oh, here's this big deal. $50 off. And it's like, yeah, that's the $50 you raised it earlier this right. year. <laughs> I also laughed at a couple of the stores that were advertising the PlayStation VR bundled. Like they're still making PlayStation VR. Wow. Are you kidding me? And it was like bundled with Beat Saber and RE4. Really? Huh? Yeah. Or wait, maybe that was Quest. No, Um, maybe that was Quest. I swear though, somebody had a PlayStation VR bundle, but I might be thinking Quest, but yeah, it just kind of blew my mind that somebody was pushing that still. I don't get it. (laughs) And I have seen PlayStation VR in stores recently, so I guess yeah, it's I, still out there. I just assumed that nobody's bought it. Like it just sat there. It's just been sitting there. But old stock, yeah. 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 Other than that, I bought some vinyl. So like Walmart every year always does fifteen dollars for all their vinyl. Mm. And it was like across the board. So they did that from like the sixteenth to the twentieth. So as I popped into stores, I grabbed some stuff. I grabbed like some Led Zeppelin and they reissued a bunch of my chemical romance stuff that I bought. So nothing crazy, but I'm not going to turn down a $15 record. Yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm probably not, I'm buying probably like a fraction of what I used to buy on black Friday, but it's all really cheap stuff, which is nice. Yeah. The nice part is it's like, I don't even have the thought of actually going anywhere on black Friday. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I, um, I didn't either. Everything I've bought, I had shipped to the house. I have no reason to get in my car on Friday and go anywhere. And mm-hmm. I don't plan on it. Cause... And can I just say, like, 
I understand that the last few years have been hard. The pandemic put us all on a weird spot, but can we just take a moment to be thankful for the fact that the pandemic reset American values enough that these big box stores said, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to be closed on Thanksgiving and our staff is going to get to have the day off and spend it with their families. And we're not going to open our doors at like noon on Thanksgiving to like, let some asshole buy a TV or a toaster for fucking 75% off. Like Mm -hmm. hats off to everybody who's, well, (laughs) I think they had to, right? Like, they wouldn't, they can't get people to work there anyway. Had they been open on thir- Thursday, like <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving, no, it's going to show up to work. Yeah. Right. But it's great to see like the resetting of values to a large extent on that. So I'm really happy uh, for all those people that are in those positions. You know, I've been the person who's had to work at 5 a.m. on what used to be Black Friday. And I thought that was nuts. But um, yeah, you don't even see that this year. I think most of those stores are opening regular hours are not doing door busters. It's all online. There's no need for it. So I bet it's, I mean, it will probably be a little bit busier than normal, but sure. it's not going to be anything like it used to be. Right. No, it won't be people getting trampled, you know, outside of like yeah. Best Buy when the door is open. Yeah. It's good to see. Yeah. People I'm there with you with the TVs. Without, yeah. Like, <laughs> TVs have gotten back to pre-pandemic prices. Even yes. I think they're even cheaper now. And yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to look at them and be like, well, I have to at that price. But yeah, I think some... best or not best buy. I think Walmart's deal that dropped this week was 148 for a 50 inch 4K. Like that's <laughs> that's definitely a pre-pandemic price right there. Yep. And I almost bought that one too, even though I didn't need it. So <laughs> just have wall of i mean what do you need walls for when you can just line it with tvs and make it look like anything you want it to be well that's yeah i was joking i was joking with uh that at a guy a guy at work i was like you know the cost of building materials are insane but i could probably build a pretty affordable house out of smart tvs i just you know framed it all up and sided it with, with roku tvs i'd be doing really well I can't even imagine that Wi-Fi network. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of the heat it put out too, man. I mean, you're dying. <laughs> yeah. You've been, well, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, it is also that time of year where the game award nominees come out for the Jeff uh, Keeley's game awards. Yes. I mean, it's unanimously across the board. These oh, are the end of year stuff. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, the these Keeley's are summer, I suppose. Right. Yeah. It's, it's across the board. Everybody agrees. These are the best games Have of they the been year. Announced? Yes. Okay. Let's hear this. I haven't caught wind of this yet. Okay. So let me make sure I got these. I will say this is probably the weakest class I've ever seen on the um, game of the year anyway. Okay. So for the very best game of the year, we've got God of War Ragnarok, which two weeks old. Okay. Two weeks old. It seems like, it's a good game, but a lot of people are like, eh, it's not as good as the first one. Right. 
got Horizon Forbidden West, which is, hmm, that's even more to that direction. Yeah, that fell off real hard. Yeah. The press got a hold of it. We got Elden Ring, which seems like that's probably going to be the one that wins, I would imagine. That seems pretty universal that, that people like that one. Not my type nope. of thing, but um, we got A Plague Tale Requiem. Okay. I don't even know if I know what that is, but okay. Mm, it's an Xbox game, I think. I haven't, I haven't played it, but uh, I've heard the first one's pretty decent. We have Xenoblade Chronicles 3 for your um, token Nintendo game, I guess. An RPG fan. <laughs> yeah. And then to finish it out, we got Stray, the cat game, which is... People still talk about that? It's... I, I Just because you play as a cat does not make it a great game. Sadly, I'm guessing... <laughs> Ragnarok or Horizon's gonna win on all of those. Think so? I uh, yeah, I would imagine. Maybe. I, I I'm guessing Elden Ring, but I think Elden Ring should win. I've yeah. heard way more people talk about that, but Sony's also gonna be paying for a lot of advertising at the game awards. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It is funny though how it's like Xbox gets two, PlayStation gets two. Again, Nintendo gets one. gets one. Yep. And then we'll. And no Bayonetta 3. Andy. They couldn't have thrown Bayonetta 3 in there. <laughs> I don't know. Come I haven't on. heard. The reviews on that haven't been all that stunning either, huh? No, I still haven't played my copy either. So. Yeah. Hmm. But that's pretty lame. I guess just says a lot about. You know, Industry. <laughs> this year. Yeah, there's not a lot sure. to get. I mean, nothing to stand up and cheer about there for sure. Mm hmm. In my mind, I mean, for certain people, I'm sure there are, but. Well, yeah. Diablo Immortal is up for best mobile game. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Marvel Snap up there, too, I'm guessing. It is. On there, yeah. That'll probably get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. How do they parse that out? Like, is Fortnite a mobile, mobile game? Is uh, Fortnite is an ongoing game. Oh, so that's a good category. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I, mine would be. I mean, I guess there's there's been some good games out this year, but none of them are like, oh yeah, this is the year. This is what I would say. Remember this year by. Yeah, I can't think of a thing, single thing that stands out. I haven't. I mean, I haven't played a ton this year either. But yeah, I don't have a game of the year by any means. Nowhere close. I guess I'm in deep with uh, Vampire Survivors again because that released sure. on Xbox now. So yep. it's just a whole other reason to get back into that game. So that would probably be. Yeah, that's one, one of my short list to download and get going because I just want to play it so bad. Yep. And I meant to do it when it was on PC and I just didn't. But now that it's right in front of my face on my TV, I guess I'll do it. Ugh. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's so crazy. Like, I don't know. It's kind of bullshit, too, when you have a game like God of War where it's like, that just dropped. Like, that hasn't had time to let the dust settle. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird to me. But then, the, you know, the, you got Horizon, which still has the dust on it. 
<laughs> that's on there. Yeah. So it's true. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I it, um, I got some holiday related stuff before we get into that. Um, an epic sad journey of mine has come to a close. Um, much like Scott Pilgrim, um, I was able to shed my life of the Walking Dead series finally <laughs> last weekend. Um, that 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 show has not been what I would say good in many many years, but my wife would not let it die. So begrudgingly, I've been watching along for the most part. I've slept through, I don't know, a third of the last two years, probably because I just don't care and I get uninterested and I doze off, but I don't miss anything either. Uh, so last Sunday was um, 12 years in 10 seasons, the finale of the walking dead. Um, it was a 90 minute bullshit fest of nothing really happening. They did the age old trope of like, well, they're not going to wrap this up. So they do like a flash forward one year, like mm -hmm. resolutions. And then they still didn't wrap anything up. They gave characters. They gave a couple characters like really lengthy, like drawn out, like death scenes and like sadness and everybody giving hugs that there were characters that, yeah, they'd been on the show for a while, but I would also consider them like maybe not fan favorites. So I didn't quite understand that. Um, and then you'd kind of think like the way they've been building it up because um, Rick's daughter is still alive. It, it just kind of seemed like they were headed towards like, there's going to be this reunion, you know, at the end of this thing, like that will at least happen and there'll be some closure. And no, that didn't, didn't happen. No. Well, okay. <laughs> so here's what happened. They did like, <clears throat> here's what pissed me off. So they've established long ago and rightly so um, fossil fuels have not been a part of this series because one, they were not easy to find anymore. And two, there's a shelf life on fossil fuels for mm -hmm. that reason. The majority of the Alexandrian original crew were all on horseback or they walked. Um, so they end the series using like a large stash of fossil fuels at like the community that they like help defend in the end here. And then at the end, Daryl rides off on his motorcycle, which you haven't seen in like six seasons because again, no <laughs> fossil fuels. So he takes off into the sunset on his motorcycle. And I was like, what the fuck's happening here? That's a one way trip. Daryl's going out in no man's land. He's going to die. He's not going to have gas. He can't come back. And then, uh, then they go into like a montage thing. And then they do cut to Rick and Michonne in separate sequences, but like in story arcs that are still dangling off in the distance. And then they're like, welcome back. Or like, thanks for watching. Like come back next year, 2023 for the walking dead universe. And then they're showing like all these characters in new walking dead shows. So they're not even really ending it. I so knew how do you that's give a what proper finality? Do. How do you give a proper finale with any satisfying closure to a series that isn't ending, they're just trimming some of the fat and then like doing like spin-off shows in another direction. And and some people are like I, I looked on social media and some people are like really shit in their pants, like, oh my god, Rick and Michelle. And it's like, but everybody who watches the show knew that those characters were alive. They've already talked about how those characters are gonna have shows following the end of this show. Like, that's not a spoiler, that's not exciting. <laughs> it's just bullshit. And 
Yeah, I got done with that, and I was like, that fucking sucked. And even my wife was like, yeah, that was bad. And fucking Eugene lived. Eugene lived, and he had a kid. Eugene is the dumbest, unlikable <laughs> piece of shit. And they kept that character alive for, like, seven fucking seasons. It's bullshit. Terrible show. They Yeah. They completely struggled after Negan. They had a couple seasons in between where it seemed like they kind of figured it out again. And then they just totally shit the bed on this whole last season. And especially this last episode, it was just terrible. Well, and they tried to make a whole other shows. How many other shows are there? Like two other ones, right? So yeah, fear of the walking dead, which has been God awful since it came out is still going. There was beyond the walking dead, which was great actually better than the other two. And it has like filling in the gaps and a lot of what was happening behind the scenes. They canceled that after one season. And now there will be more fear of the walking dead, which will keep going. And then the walking dead city of the dead is next year. And then I think there's some Rick and Michonne stuff. I think there's also a Daryl and Carol spinoff. Of course. I don't know. I don't know, man. And then here's the thing too, is like the last like five episodes, they build up to the realization that the walkers are getting smarter. Some of them can walk, climb ladders. Some of them can use crude tools like rocks to smash in the glass. Big revelation, right? Like how is this happening? What's going on? Like nothing's safe, but then they don't do anything with it. Like they're climbing over the walls in the final episode. They're smashing down glass in the final episode. And then everybody's back in Alexandria a year later. Everybody's back in these communities like, oh, we rebuilt. I'm like, hey, dumb fucks. Your walls are now worthless. Like, how is everybody happy? This is bullshit. So I don't know. It was. It was shit. It was just dog shit. Walking Dead sucks. I can't believe like how much they've milked that thing. Yeah. I can't believe I had to watch it all <laughs> or almost like, all like even just like the games. Like I love that first telltale game. Right. And then now you look at like how many games that they've made for walking dead. Yep. It's just like, Oh, half of them look like mobile garbage, but it's just, it seems like they'll put their name on anything. Yeah. And they seem insistent on carrying it forward. So, yeah, so. which is it's like, what can you do though? I mean, it's it's just like stay away from the zombies, right? Uh, okay, we're away from the zombies. Oh, it turns out man is the is the biggest monster, right? <laughs> you know? Which like is the same cycle over and over again, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah, it um, yeah, it lost me completely. It it might be the most disappointing finale I've seen since Seinfeld. I'd say. Hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to remember even what happened in the end of Seinfeld. Like they just, just kind of ended, right? Yeah. They got arrested for like a bullshit, like made up law thing. And then they just brought back everybody to testify against them. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Yeah. So yeah, that's done. I'm glad. Rid myself of the walking dead. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of nice to get it off your back. Yeah, for sure. We're really free up my Sunday nights now. 
I may pick up pickleball. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I saw you watch something a little bit more wholesome, though. Uh, I watched a couple of things more wholesome. Yeah. So I watched that Chris, a Christmas story, Christmas, or I think maybe it's just Christmas story, Christmas, which is um, the HBO max movie to pick up sequel. I guess. I mean, there was already a sequel to a Christmas story, um, but this is like a direct Christmas sequel to that. Mostly the same cast, except they're the parents. Now Ralphie's an adult. Um, I don't know. It was good. It tried to hit the same tones and like vibe of the first one. And I don't think it quite nails it. Um, It's also very heavily dependent on your love and understanding of the first one to like appreciate some Mm. of the finer notes and the jokes. Um, I don't know. I, I probably won't sit down every year and watch a Christmas story followed by Christmas story Christmas, but it was kind of neat to like see them now older. I guess the thing that kind of ruined it for me was like the whole thing is like Ralphie's dad has died. That's kind of the setup for him going home. But then I looked and and maybe, I mean, maybe there's health or mental or whatever reasons for it. But like the, the actress who played his mother in the first movie is still alive from what I can see, but they recast her. Um, Cause this is the original Ralphie then. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, the dad. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so it's weird to me that the mom is not like if you were gonna kill the dad, why maybe just kill them both? Mm-hmm. Um, because it it doesn't quite fit. Like it's it's not even like the actress isn't even like remotely the same sort of wholesome like you know kind of beaten down housewife sort of character that the first one was. Um, so it doesn't work as well. But yeah, it's a lot of the same people. You get like all those buddies are there. They're still. still you know, at home, his bullies there, Scott Farkas, the bumpuses are still there with their dogs. It's, when is it set? Uh, 76. Okay. I think. Um, so yeah, it's still like retro, I guess, um, you know, mm-hmm. time frame wise, but I don't know. It's, it's all right. I, I didn't hate it. Maybe I don't give it another watch, but. I think if you're a diehard Christmas story fan, this isn't going to come close to matching that for you. <laughs> Did you end up seeing the eight bit Christmas? The which one? Eight bit Christmas. Oh, I, I think didn't it watch was, that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just a Christmas story too, but for eighties yeah. kids, I think I'm, I wasn't as big a fan of that, but I think I might like that better. Actually. Sure. I mean, it's still, this is still like another good, like addition to like wholesome family entertainment, but I don't know. It just didn't quite do it for me. And another one that didn't quite do it for me. So that spirited movie, have you been seeing advertisements for that? Like it's all over Apple <sighs> plus. So, I've seen, I, yeah. What's the deal with it? Okay. It's bullshit. So they advertise <laughs> it like it's this comedy, like kind of buddy comedy sort of thing between Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. But they don't tell you it's like a two and a half hour, like fucking overproduced, overdone musical. It's constant singing. It's just a, so it's a Christmas Carol <laughs> from the ghost's perspective. And it is absurdly musical. And there are, they even make fun of it in the movie about how many redundant and unnecessary musical numbers there are. And 
ah, like me and my son were just like, come on, like another song. Like we, <laughs> like just let's just wrap this up. Like it was bullshit. So they they ruined it. There's there's a few genuine laughs, um, and then there's way too much unnecessary musical numbers and like blown out extra padded bullshit. Yeah, that does not. <laughs> I'm not interested. Yeah, because I feel like when they advertise, every time I see an advertisement, they don't show anything about like singing and dancing, but that's all that thing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I don't like Christmas movies to begin with, for the most part, because it's just, I don't know. There's a little bit yeah. too much uh, saccharine stuff in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will I say know. there's a scene in this one where, because uh, Will Ferrell's character, you come to find out, is like the original Christmas. He's Scrooge. Uh, and then like, you know, he's been dead for like 200 and however many years, like he's been dead for hundreds of years. And Ryan Reynolds is still very much alive. They're in an elevator. And then like Scrooge is trying to, you know, he's, he's the, he's the ghost of Christmas present. He's trying to convince Ryan Reynolds to like change his ways. They're in this elevator ride. And he's Farrell's like, I'm just trying to show you, like I felt so bad when I turned things around and I helped that little boy. What was his name? Like uh, Stumpy Sam and like Ryan Reynolds is like Tiny Tim. No, no, that wasn't it. It was like uh, like bloated beat or like bloated Bob or like pretty sure it's Tiny Tim. He just like can't convince him this whole elevator ride. It's pretty funny. Like I laugh pretty good at that. But that's pretty good. Yeah, it's probably could have been a contender for like a decent holiday flick if they like toned their, mm-hmm. even if they i don't like musical numbers but if they toned it down to like 40 percent of the musical stuff it probably would have been fine but it's like full bore musical stuff oh oh wow so you don't need apple plus for that shit yep and you know there's already another good will ferrell christmas movie yes this, so. yes i would argue that elf is the last true classic christmas movie yeah i, will, I think so that i will christen with like the classic moniker I, th- I feel like nothing has quite made it near that since oh you should see all the ones my wife loves to watch where it's not those hallmark things it's the uh, the guy is an asshole but somehow there's been a christmas miracle that turned him into a nice guy so now i fell in love with him right because she's like or the or it's the other way around where it's like some like big like fashion mogul from you know, New York and she goes back to her hometown, like tell everyone what pathetic pieces of shit they are, but then falls in love with like <laughs> the, the local kid. janitor at the hotel. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hallmark never runs out of ideas. No. <laughs> or idea. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole Hallmark channel, I swear, like it's just their job every year. Like, outproduce the number of movies for Christmas they've done the year before. Like that's their only thing. <laughs> they don't care about anything else. Yep. What nineties actress can we get for this? <laughs> uh, they lost Candace Cameron too. That's, that's a big blow. Yeah. Uh, so you've been playing some games. It looks like, huh? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Some game pass stuff. Um, one thing, one to check out maybe is one called Phantom of the Abyss. I think it's an early access game. Okay. And it's kind of like a hundred people raiding a temple, Indiana Jones style, and trying to get the relic at the end. And it's just traps and, you know, a whole bunch of, whole, whole bunch of that type of stuff that 
you know, are in those type of temples. Sure. Um, but it's interesting because it shows replays of people trying to get there. So you can see where the traps are and you can see, watch them die and be like, oh, I'm not going to do that. So nice. I haven't, I haven't played it too much to really get into the more competitive stuff or if there is competitive stuff, because right now it just seems like you're trying to beat times. Maybe, I don't know, but it, it's, it's pretty good, uh, game for just having that, uh, oh, you know, watch where your step don't get a blow dart in your ass type thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't want, nobody wants that. Yep. So is it like one level or there it like it's always randomized or it's I think it's randomized. Okay. It seems like it's generated. Okay. Um it's definitely like roguelike kind of too where it's like collect some money and then you get to this statue where you can buy an upgrade that might help you, you know. So it's like it's that type of game where you're sure. upgrading as you go too, but yeah, it's something to check out it's kind of fun that's early access right now you said yeah yep so i don't know when it officially launches but it seemed like it was a working concept already so nice i'll check it out and uh the other one is the return to monkey island came onto game pass as well and that's the one where they've like remade that from the ground up is that right yeah well it's a totally new game yep so oh, okay. it's it's a it's basically a sequel to all those old games. Well, to one or two of them, I don't know. It's that whole timeline is a little messed up. I think okay. like the, the original owner that the original creator kind of disavows some of the later games. So he's like, those didn't happen. But uh, this has like a pretty different art style. I mean, you kind of have to. You know, most right. of those games are you know, old computer games, but yeah, you, uh, start out in the same city in the same, you know, town that you were at. You kind of do the same things. There's a lot of jokes referencing the first game. Um, but I don't know. There's, there's something to it where there's not, I don't know. The puzzles seem more obvious, I guess, which is probably a good thing compared to those old games but the frustration level a little maybe yeah because they kind of write it in the walls where you're just like oh you you know i need a key and there's a key maker across the street and you know that type of thing so it's uh and at least on that original island there's a lot less stuff to go to some of the original locations are there but a lot of the old ones they're just like oh yeah this is gone now weird So do they make any like quality of life improvements like or is it basically just that same formula? Oh yeah, it's way better for that. Um if you you can just press the bumpers and you can cycle through everything you would look at or click on. Okay. In each uh area, which is huge. That's that's really nice. Um I think there's a hint system. I haven't used it yet because it's so pretty obvious so far but um i'm not too far in i'm on part two i just got on the ship so i'm past the original town but me playing the original game i don't remember how far i got i just remember that original town the original island so much um not so much monkey island so 
the more I go here, the more I might like not recognize, you know, the callbacks and all that. But it's cool to still see that being done though. Like I feel like that was like such a lost art form for a while. And then, you know, with kind of like the remasters and remakes the last 10 years, it's, it's yep. cool to see some appreciation for that. Even if it's not like, you know, massive mainstream appeal. Yep. And it's, cool that it's finding its audience. It's, it's campy. I mean, the comedy is pretty campy. It's nothing sure. like really hilarious there there's one that i got a pretty good laugh at where you have to make a mop and the only way you can make this mop is to get this special kind of you know wood from some tree in the forest and then you have to get a map to find where that forest or tree is you know and you get there and it's just like the most wondrous forest area in the world where all these animals are just in love it's it's basically bambi area (laughs) and uh, you uh basically just demolish this tree that all these animals are allowed just to get like one little stick for a mop and uh yeah once you're done demolishing the tree all the animals are sitting there crying and you're just like you don't kill the animals and harvest their fur for like the mop (laughs) it's awesome it's pretty twisted yeah but did you ever play any of like those old games um like just little bits not really even the monkey island stuff like i played some of the point and click things i can't even remember like any specific titles but yeah very few like i didn't have a pc growing up and i only had one buddy who had one and he was kind of into it later on in the dos days when those were not kind of the big titles so mm-hmm. yeah just kind of surface level aware of what they are played bits of them but yeah largely missed by me Yep. I think I, yeah, I'm not even sure where I played it because I don't think I had it. Yeah. So somehow I've played it <laughs> a lot of these yeah. games. But. Yeah. Maniac Mansion is probably the one I spent like the most time with at a point and click like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. That one's fun. Yeah. It, it's nice to go back to these every once in a while, but I think they need to be goofy enough it needs to be this type of thing that keeps me interested. Right. Like if they just did a straight up new King's quest, I'd be like, eh, whatever. But right. Between this and the, that day of the tentacle remake, I will play through that, you know, just that kind of goofy, just enough goofiness that. Yeah. If the story is not there and the humor to keep you engaged, then like, you know, you're not going to keep playing. I feel like you, know, you compare something like that. It's like a mist or something where it's just like, really dry and like cryptic Mm -hmm. for no reason but like at least there's some you know storytelling and and humor to these things keep you engaged yep i'm i was just surprised that it landed so fast on game pass yeah because it came out like what a month ago or so yeah two yeah so it was you know it's like why didn't they sign the deal to launch on it then you know make more money that way but And that's on uh-huh. console too, not just PC. Yep. Yeah, I'm playing it on console. Yep. Okay. Yep. Other than that, have you been playing anything? Uh grounded. So grounded went to alpha. Or I mean it went gold, I guess, like what, two months ago, six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So we've been playing through that. Um, my son and I got we're doing like two machines. He's playing on the Xbox One, I'm playing in the series and 
each of our own screen and it's fun. Um, it's, I put it on mild because that's what I was recommended. If you just kind of want to like casually enjoy that because there's a lot of, um, systems, you know, like the, you need food yeah. and like that's food is a not showstopper, but ever present even in mild. So um, it's kind of nice to have it toned down a bit. Um, we like it. We're maybe, I don't know, eight hours, 10 hours in, um, for an open world survival game like that, it's a noticeably smaller world um, than you normally see, but <clears throat> there's also a very crafted story in there um, with objectives. And I mean, it's basically honey. I shrunk the kids, right? Like let's not kid ourselves. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but with some base building and survival stuff and yeah, it's fun. I mean, you run into some interesting stuff and the humor in it can be pretty good. Um, there's also like some unique stuff. Like we ended up killing a spider at one point. So we went to sleep one morning and woke up and it was like revenge raid. And then like the spiders just like swarmed us and started like ripping up our house. So we'd like jump out of bed and just like take on a horde of Jeez. giant spiders. So that was kind of cool. I don't know. That probably ramps up if you're not on the easiest difficulty. But, <laughs> um, so how long have you been playing? Uh, maybe like the last two weeks we've been playing it. So yeah, we're only okay. maybe like 10 hours in combined 10 to okay. 12. And there's still like story beats happening. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's like multiple, um, what are they called labs. Um, basically you have to unlock, mm-hmm. um, but we've still got a lot of craftable stuff we haven't gotten to and a lot of components we haven't seen. So I know there's a lot more out there. We're at the point now though, where I think we could probably traverse the whole map and not get our asses handed to us. We probably can't take down most of the enemies in certain areas, but um, certainly doable. The only real complaints I have with it is like, it's not a bad controlling game, but there's a lot of precision hopping and climbing that needs to happen in on very narrow paths. And the controls aren't necessarily the best suited for that. Um, so that gets a little frustrating, but is the building but, better? I had such problem with yeah. like ramping up and putting ramps yeah, up and shit like that. that. That still sucks. Like the walls and stuff are pretty easy, but I still run into a lot of things where it's like not structurally supported. I'm like, I'm putting a floor panel down on dirt. Like what's not structurally yeah. supported there. Still um, better so than arc, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. But yeah, I think it's, it's pretty polished at this point. It, it feels like, um, and yeah, we're having fun. Um, we're, uh, trying to find the underwater base at the moment. So, Cool. Yeah, I uh, played that when they first launched it in early access, and it was it was interesting. It was fun, but I think it was only until that first lab sure. you find that first lab, and that was it. Plus, I don't think there was enough in there to deal with like any of the big like spiders just effed you up. Like you were done. Right. There's no way to do anything with spiders in the game. So yeah, it, yeah, it, it definitely of, feels like. They figured that out. Like you, you, you make, you make slow gains for sure. Okay. So, cause yeah, we're already taking down spiders and ladybugs and like ladybugs are scary, uh, but all sorts of stuff. So it's cool. It's a good one with kids for sure too. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend it if you're into like survival stuff and don't want, you know, something super grueling like arc, like you said, <laughs> Or even seven days, that can be pretty brutal. Yeah. 
just anything with a commitment, you know, like a timeline or a commitment that you need to hit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice because you can like start your own online session and come back to it. Like it's not, you know, things aren't decaying, things aren't starving mm-hmm. while you're offline. So, yeah. You been playing anything new with the Pokemons? No. So I just kind of want to talk about how crazy, like, it's just a glitch fest this year. Yeah. The internet doesn't seem impressed this go around. No. I think it finally, I think the shit has hit the fan finally on Pokemon. I hope, I hope Nintendo and the Pokemon company be like, you know what, Game Freak? I think we're going to vote two to one. And we're going to have somebody else do it next year because this is getting old. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I've seen like people just complaining, like constant pop in, slow down, frame rate issues, jaggy edges, butt visuals. Yeah, just like broken stuff, too, where it was like they found out if you if you jump backwards, you could climb up any mountain pretty much. Oh my god. It's like, well, that kind of breaks a lot of the game, I'm sure. Yeah, it's crazy. And then there's two of them, right? So it was like they always do like the pairs. So two yep. games just dropped and they're probably like super high selling and grossing. Oh, that's that's and the problem. Disappointments. That's the problem. They're I think this might be the worst reviewed one so far. But the best selling. It could be the best selling. Um that's that's the problem it's just just print money why try and do better right right it just it just mediocre still makes you cash just sucks because i mean it's still a really tiny team for how big of a franchise i mean pokemon is like the largest franchise in the world so yeah and you know you've seen it too like i you know granted there's been some improvements but it seems like there's always people hoping for that they want to see Pokemon take that next logical graphical step. And it's just never done. Like, I mean the move to 3d, like sure. Simple 3d worked, but I don't know. No, it still looks pretty bad. And, And they've changed the structure of it a little bit. Past few ones have been so incredibly easy too. It's just basically almost like not even it's just there's nothing to it just collecting the new pokemon and calling it a day yeah like the the grind is just nothing you're just you're just doing nothing might as well be like a clicker game (laughs) well hopefully it does two things like hopefully it shows nintendo that they need to help them with more resources and two maybe it makes them realize that like continuing to try to push on this like ancient underpowered console is not their near future and they need to get a new console out yeah i don't know if that's the reason on here i mean this looks like half half these pokemon games could probably still run on a 3ds if they wanted to yeah i don't know it's it's disappointing thing that sucks is like there are other games that are trying to do pokemon better Outside of even, I've even heard that like Digimon is still a decent game, mm-hmm. but then there's all these indie ones that are like Temtem and a whole bunch of other ones, but they just never take off because they don't have the name, you know? 
Yeah, that's yeah, really it's... disappointing. And I feel bad for Pokemon fans, you know. Everybody's always excited about the newest release, and I think people were kind of intrigued at what Arceus did, and mm-hmm. we're hoping for more. Uh, my nephew has bought it, already beat it, and he states that the post-game is incredible, so. Really? Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. I guess if you can look through the flaws, right? Yeah. This is the fastest I've ever been like, should I buy the new one? No. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard anything positive come out about it. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's freaking well, Pokemon. Mainline Pokemon. It just looks dumb anyway to me. Like you're riding around on your motorcycle Pokemon the whole time. Wait, now I'm sold. <laughs> I can ride my Pokemon and their motorcycle? They're kind of like a motorcycle, yeah. Okay, I'm back but, in. But Huh. Interesting. Well, we do our uh, staff picks. Yeah. Be there. Maybe you can jump yeah. off. I'll let you lead this one off. Yeah. So uh, mine is kind of based on a Black Friday deal kind of deal uh, where Steam, every time, every uh, Thanksgiving, they start the fall Steam sale, which usually has some great deals. Um and I was looking at the under $5 range, which, boy, you sort by cheapest. There is like a billion games on there for like 27 to 28 cents. Oh, I bet. That must be like the minimum price. I wonder if 27 makes net to zero and 28 is like one penny or something like that. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of games under there. And I think that would be a good time to just like be like, yeah, buying that one just to see what the hell this thing is. Throw 10 bucks um, at it and just like waste an afternoon. Yep. There was uh, one game that was 28 cents. The name of it was called Bitcoin Collector, which was hilariously ironic. <laughs> it didn't but, turn you into a Bitcoin like you didn't turn your machine into a Bitcoin mining machine, did it? <laughs> I'm sure that's probably why it's 27 yeah. cents. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I uh, noticed a game that is one of my favorites. Luckily, it was already in my Steam library, but uh, I'm going to recommend Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed, which is a very unwieldy title for a Mario Kart clone. But it's an exciting title. And it did Transformations before Mario Kart did it. Yes. And it, yeah, and it does it. So like Mario Kart kind of does, there's a few tracks, right, that switch it per lap um overall though mario kart is pretty static on like when you're flying and when you're underwater it's a cohesive experience there's no there's no change in how you fundamentally control your vehicle yep um the sonic and sega they'd be like oh lap two well the the some dragon came down and destroyed the path so we gotta fly this (laughs) we gotta fly this lap you know yep or or now we're a boat, which uh, is interesting choice. Like, I guess if you have to pick a third one, let's copy Diddy Kong, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's I think the thing that gets me is. Yeah, there's a lot of Sega fan service in there, which is really fun. 
a lot of deep cuts, which are really fun. But the racing to its core, I think, is really good. I think the draft, the drifting mechanic feels the best in this game out of any kart racer that I've played. There's yeah. just something like it's just the perfect angle and the perfect feel and the perfect amount that you're drifting that you can. And the can, fact that skill makes a difference. Yeah. And you can do, you can do, uh, if you know how to drift, you can really drift, you know, the angles perfectly and really, you know, get the three stages or whatever out of the yep. boost. And, uh, that, that feels really good to do like that. Mario Kart just seems like, I don't know, the drifting is okay, but it just depends on the game, I guess. But. Yeah, I was going to say, in some of the more recent Mario Karts, I almost feel like you don't even really notice the benefit of the drift. Like, it's negligible yeah. to, do you just, you know, do you just tap off the gas at the right time? Because I feel like it's almost easier in, in <laughs> new Mario Karts. But yeah, the drift, you're right, is it's pretty amazing. And a lot of the courses are wide enough too. the drifting feels satisfying. Yep. You get like the big corners that you can really, well, you can fuck up, but like if you corner them just right and transform them, it feels awesome. And the visuals yep. are like that weird sort of like uncanny Valley where like some of it's like super hyper real, yeah. the, you know, in a way that Mario Kart really doesn't get, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, the, the, the amount of the tracks in this game are just wild because you'll be, you know, you got your Sonic stuff, but, you know, then you're into like Panzer Dragoon, which is pretty wild yeah. and psychedelic, and like Samba de Amigo. Yeah, those yeah. are trippy, man. And the Billy Hatcher levels and like Burning Ranger. Like, isn't there <laughs> one too Burning where there's Ranger. like a full on like US aircraft carrier that you're yep. like, yeah, like that's so weird. That's a afterburner level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So uh there there's there's so many great Sega things in here. I mean, just the characters alone. You got the Sonic stuff, you got, you know, the monkey ball stuff. Uh but the, <laughs> it goes really deep, you know, you got the night sky, you got a guy from Skies of Arcadia. Um Oh, Gen I didn't Lou. know this. Apparently me the me is on the Wii U version. You can have oh, really? your me. Wow. That is weird. Yep. Well, I knew they had characters for like you know, the different platforms. <laughs> the football manager from Football Manager Twenty, whatever. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Danica Patrick. Sure. All right. Yep. She's showing off her tramp stamp. <laughs> That's an old reference. <laughs> every time I like, I don't know why. Like, I, uh, I don't know if I clicked on like a tweet or something once, but every time I open Google and just like scroll through like the recommended articles for whatever reason there's always one Danica Patrick one in there I'm like I don't watch any NASCAR <laughs> stuff I couldn't tell you the last time I've searched her name but they really want me to look at like Danica Patrick now and like whatever outfit she's wearing so just redirects to GoDaddy you're like shit probably yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah. that's my recommend it's a uh, classic I think it got overlooked um but it's a good for five bucks. Yeah, five bucks. Pick it up. It's on virtually every console, too. So. Mm-hmm. Well, mine, yeah. my my staff pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little different. I've been going like pretty much all like shows and movies, but it's getting to that time of year where everyone's doing like their album of the year lists. 
I've been kind of looking at some of my stuff and like it went, I was, so my staff pick is going to be a band called cliff diver, all one word. Um, they had an album come out earlier this year, which I kind of found a few months after it came out. Um, but they're really good. Um, I don't even know how you like define them so much. I know they fit into a few genres. I, I've told them on Twitter that I, I consider them post pop ska core. And I think that <laughs> is pretty accurate because they're, they're like, they're a band of people who are definitely like in their mid thirties and they grew up through like the nineties alt rock radio. They got, so you can tell their influences are pop punk ska music, but then also things like metal core and post hardcore and, um, Midwest emo, even like math rock. And when I say ska, I don't want that to scare anybody off and think like, I'm not a ska person. Um, their use of like horns and saxophones and stuff is like, it enhances the music in a way like a pop mm-hmm. song would use like synths or something. It's not like beat you on the head. Like we're going to go skanking, you know, like yep. there's no trombone solos. Um, and yeah, it's just a really, so their album is called, um, exercise your demons, which has got this great cover art of like this Midwest, like prairie farmhouse field. And like all these like, uh, Satan figures, like lifting weights, and, like benching and like drinking <laughs> milk. Um, and they, and another thing I love is like their sense of humor, um, which again, kind of goes back to, I think the, the metal core and like post hardcore, uh, influences in that they've named their songs stuff that makes no sense. Like, you know, Frankie Muniz don't smoke no mids and like, like revenge of Ikea and like just stuff that makes no sense. Um, but yeah, it's really good. I think you just kind of have to listen to it to kind of get it. Um, and you know, their music's dark. Like some of the lyrics are dark in a way that like, it's like motion city soundtrack is dark, but the music's still upbeat or there's like a positive inflection in there. Um, yeah. And I really like them and like having watched more of like band interviews, cause they've kind of been blowing up. Like, the beginning of the year, I'd say their Spotify listener rate was like maybe in the low teens. Um, and now they're around like 70,000 listeners a month. So they're really kind of like on this up and up for an indie band, um, trajectory, but I've been watching some of the interviews and like, I don't know, like the, the, there's two vocalists, a female and, um, a guy and the guy is like mid thirties has this like horrible, horrendous mullet and he wears like only belly shirts and he's not a fit guy, which I just love it. Like he just doesn't care. And then like the, the female singer, she's like, I mean, she's like a healthy gal, but she's always like running around in like short shorts and stuff. And like, you wouldn't expect, so they just look like goofballs, but kind of an inspiring story. Cause the, the, the male vocalist talks about how like, and, and you kind of get the sense of that listening to this record. Like he was fucked. Like, in his thirties, wanted to die, was drinking, doing cocaine, like telling, calling his friends up, telling him he's going to kill himself every night. And like had a kid, didn't get to see the kid at all. Mom moved away. So he was like, he'd pull his shit together, you know, like once a month to like spend a weekend with his kid. And like, that was his life. And then like this band, like in this album kind of like coming together and taking off, like snapped him out of it. So like he realized that, you know, his kid could come back into his life if he got his shit together and that this band was taking off and that he was going to fuck it up and miss everything. Cause like when you're in your mid thirties, right? Like you don't really get a shot at the music industry, especially mm-hmm. in the genre they're in. So yeah, you like, it's kind of like this 
inspiring story of like him kind of pulling it together and hopefully he stays that way. Um, and the band's been like really blowing up and touring this year. Um, and you hear a lot of them, the lyrics, you know, it's a lot about like getting stoned at 2am and making out to third eye blind or like <laughs> being drunk at three in the morning and calling into work. And so I don't know. It's, I really like the, the, the people in the band seem like genuinely awesome people. And like the music is just super fun and upbeat. Well, a little bit dark, like I said. Yeah. I, so I saw it on your list earlier today and I'm like, Oh, I got to check this out. And man, it just knocked me, knocked me on my ass. Cause it's like the, yeah, it's so fresh on the, the style that they play it. Yes. You know, it is like a pop punk, but then it he'll have the scream come in just at the right exact moment to elevate yes. it on a hardcore. Um, they'll do a awesome riff. And then a melodic saxophone of the exact same riff right next to it. Yes, it's just. It really feels like they took everything you loved about like scene music and like 90s pop punk. And they've like, it feels like they're progressing it in a new. Correct evolution, right? Like, I think this album sounds better than that new like Blink-182 edging song. Like that sounds like rehash bullshit like this sounds like yeah. they took the roots of something we all love and they're pushing new boundaries it's a great album yep so go listen to it i know yep. i explained it as all over the board but cliff diver exercise your demons i think you'd have to be a little bit dead inside not to enjoy your listen to be honest <laughs> you you can't see a song name that's like super saiyan el pacino and not click that <laughs> yes. <button. laughs> yes. <clears throat> the only thing I don't like about the album and like probably not a knock on them. Cause like they don't expect anyone to listen to an album properly start to finish like they used to, but like they reference 3 AM, 3 PM and 3 AM and three different songs in a nine track record, which is a little much, but wow. yeah, it's, you can tell like it's a very skilled group of musicians who put a bunch of effort into writing quality, catchy pop songs. Cause every song is, memorable and every song has a hook and i don't know it's, and that it's sax impressive. comes in at the exact right moment yes yes the door to that compartment as your mind begins to wander you enjoy our content head on over to geekade where you're going to find podcasts on video games music comics movies and so much more and uh patreon exclusives like early access to episodes recording schedules all available Geekade.com, what's your geek? Waiting for the end. Is this the end? Yo, get off your jump into the weekend rental here if you're unfamiliar with what that is we um we pick a game every episode kind of dive into and visit um something from the retro past this week we've gone with incantation on the good old super nintendo um this came out 
late 1996, at least in the U.S. Um, it was made by Titus France, I believe, was <laughs> the development studio or publisher. Um, I don't know how you describe it. Maybe like a mascot platformer sort of thing. Yeah, of that it's, era. Got, it's kind of got a like a Mega Man aspect of, you know, projectiles. Um, sure, that's true. Yep. There's platforming for sure. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of generic, though. Just generic platformer. The, the reason I kind of was just kind of like threw this out there to play this is because the cover looks interesting because it's, you know, kind of a cartoonish boy that as a wand or whatever. And also the game is like $250 at every convention that you go to. So it's like, Oh, well that's gotta be, it's gotta be one of those good games. Right. Right. And the screenshots look good. They're colorful. You yeah. Know? Good sprites. Yeah. And, uh, Hmm. And then you play it. Yeah. I, I played up to level nine and I regret going that far. This game is is kind of a conundrum because I would describe it as an easy game that should be for kids. A lot of the design is that way. Mm -hmm. However, there are spots where just the platform in itself is very hard. And you have to have perfect, like pixel perfect timing to hit some of these jumps. Meanwhile, pretty much every enemy on on every level is just like, well, just shoot him. He's dead. You know, there's yeah. no no real threat to him. Even the bosses are just nothing to him. But it's it's kind of weird that they just did that. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And like this game immediately kind of gave me that vibe of like. And retro gamers will be familiar of like that. 90s era platformer game that was developed in Europe. Like those European platformer titles in this vein all have like a similar sort of feel. <clears throat> and I think a lot of that comes from those, you know, that market and, you know, early PC games being very prevalent. So a lot of these developers started out on those things and then transition into home console. So you get these games like this where it's just like, very deliberately slow. Um, and, you know, the characters aren't so much, or the enemies aren't so much the, the thing you're battling against it is, is as it is like level design and, mm -hmm. you know, like cryptic stuff like that. And sure enough, I looked into this one and like, that's very much the case with this developer. Um, they were largely PC and transitioned into consoles later. Um, and you can kind of tell that in the, this game design and like, how it all plays out. And the fact that there's even like, I don't know if you noticed if you hold like the shoulder buttons, then up and down on the D pad, you can kind of like scroll the screen up and down in a way that <laughs> you course. don't often see on consoles, but you used to see a lot in PC. Right. So yep. I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Cause like <clears throat> first level feels very much like something you would use as an introductory action platformer game for a child. Very straightforward. You can't really screw it up unless you take too many hits from like the boss. Um, but then the second level right away, like you said, 
the level design is like your biggest enemy. There's like huge jumps that like right off the bat require pixel perfect stuff. Plus there's this weird system in this game of like shooting magical crystal balls that will teleport you sometimes with ill effect. Yeah. Like, sometimes they send you back, you back in the level. So it's just super frustrating and they'll almost always place enemies in the path of those. So if you double shoot an enemy, you hit the enemy, then you inadvertently hit a crystal ball that might even <laughs> not be on your screen. And then you're teleported to God knows where <laughs> you're like, I don't know if I'm forward, if I'm going the right way or right or not, um, which I, becomes increasingly confusing when you hit like the third and fourth stages where they're mazes, essentially, where you have to hit these crystals to get to certain yeah. areas. And like it all looks the same. So which mapping should, it out sucks. We should describe one of the main mechanics of this is you have to collect three grains yeah are twigs? they i'm not sure i don't know what they are they they, they, they look like a, a piece of grain or something it's like the yoshi coin if you couldn't fit, leave the level unless you got all three yoshi coins yep exactly and uh that really sucks because you like especially on top of that the, that orb bullshit where you like I I need a yeah. third a third thing. I have no idea where I am in this level. Yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to go back to find it. I don't know if this thing is in front of me. It yeah, because you can completely sucks. screw yourself and there's no mid-level checkpoints. Nope. So if you die, you have to redo it all again. Yep. On one life. Yep. And then uh once you finally have the three grains, you go up to this pig who's running basically guard duty on the boss. And he just lets you through mm. to fight the boss. But uh, I was inter- uh, that that was interesting that you said this is the same developer as Power Pigs, which we have also done on this show. Yep, that looked like a Power Pig to me. Yep, the 100%. guy behind the gate is a Power Pig. Yes, I also like hats off to the developer too for like not having the initiative to uh, even redesign a second boss for the first and second stages. They just did a palette swap. Um, and added, oh, that's like, the whole game. That's the whole game. Yeah, I just, I was relieved by the third one that it wasn't the same one, but like, what the fuck? So no, they, they do every, you have to fight the same boss basically every two levels. So the first, it, it's, it's just mind numbingly boring. Once yeah. you get to this level of the swamp, there is a frog at the end. I swear it takes a hundred hits. And it's just you dodging, going under him when he jumps, hitting him five times over and over and over and over again. It is so boring. Yeah. And that's like, that's like one of the cardinal sins of this game too, is like those bullet sponge bosses and they give you no indication to really let you know if you're hitting them. Mm -hmm. Like even like with the pixel animation, but then there's no health bar. Like the least they could have done was put like an arbitrary boss health bar. So you knew you were making progress because like you're yep. in for like a two minute grind every time. Yep. Just just throwing shots at it. Um, I will. The one positive thing that I'll give this game, I don't think they did it well, but it's an interesting thing that they added to this game. It's the mixing of the power ups. Sure. And the different type of shots. So. <laughs> Some of them, you, you can have a fireball, you can have bombs, and you can mix them up and they do different types of shots. You can have a carrot for some reason? Yeah. Um, 
but overall there's they mostly suck so you're just like trying to find the one that you like yeah yeah the worst one is that one that's almost like that uh blue torch from um ghosts and goblins where like is a bad arc yeah it's like you have no range on it at all yep yep yeah i uh i thought i got stuck there is there's one in the maze i think the one the second world or whatever fourth level yeah there's these uh things that are on the ground that you have to hit to get through them well all i had was a fire shot that goes straight forward it doesn't go on the ground there's no way to shoot down in this game and or is there well there's a ground pound that otherwise attack. seems completely worthless. It looks like it should just be an animation. I don't know if you can actually hurt anybody in it. Because, like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have it... If, like, an enemy was right on you, you wouldn't be doing that move. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the... The only purpose of the that move has to be, like, if you're getting stuck like I did. Yep. Um, however, it wasn't doing it. The hitboxes were not working. And I went over and over and over to, did the whole thing until I hit the exact pixel that it was like, okay, you can do it. And I smashed the ground and this exact pixel had opened up and I'm like, oh man. Wow. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of kind of just BS in this game. There's a lot of cl- collectibles that are just like strewn about. <laughs> like there's no real rhyme or reason why they have coins in certain spots and why and yeah like the care like the characters and the enemies like none of it's even that well designed and like i don't even like the kid i'm playing as because like he's such a little ass hat you get to the end of every level and he like chucks his hat on the ground like a little spoiled kid (laughs) no you pick your hat up you dust it off um yeah the the whole package is incredibly mediocre from from the visuals to the controls to the pacing to the design the music I mean, maybe somewhere out there, this is some kid's like top 10, one of his favorite games, but this one's best forgotten. Definitely not worth paying the uh, prices for. (laughs) Just get the ROM. Yep. So with that in mind, what would you give it on the David Crane scale? (sighs) The blob scale? It's it's a burn, I think. Oh, yeah, we do. We don't do that. We do the Byron burn. Yeah. I'm getting confused. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sick, people. I It's fine. Like, if it was for a kid, I think it's fine. Yeah. If I was a kid and I got this, I think I would be perfectly fine with it. There's way worse games and way worse bullshit in other games for kids. Um, And I think this one's fine. But just now, I just didn't. There was just no patience. It would just sucked. I yeah. got to the, like, ninth world and... Like, I got to the very top of this huge, like, uh, mountain that you're climbing, which is basically the same art set as the first level. And uh, there was a crystal ball up there. He shot it. It didn't do anything. And then I was like, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like, you told me I can't. Sh- I, I got in trouble shooting all these crystal balls. And then I finally find one that I think I need to hit. I can't do it. So you had to ground pound it. Oh, I tried that, too. But what's with the enemies you can't shoot, too? Like the trooper yeah. projectiles. It's bullshit. Yep. Yeah, I, yep. I'm not going to go as hard on it. I'll give it a rent um, simply because I think like it's below average or average at best for this sort of game. But I've 
certainly rented far worse as a child. I'd be disappointed, but I could like make a weekend of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think rent is generous. Yeah, I think so too. The the if they would have made the bosses more interesting, diverse, I think this would have been way better in my mind. It was yeah. that was that was really the downfall for me. Yeah, yeah. That the laziness there combined with bad level design as you progress is just it's not great. Yep. Nothing magical about this one. That's for sure. Well, we got to play some bad games, right? It's true. It's very true. And with that, you want to take us out another, another episode down. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to reach out and find us, you can email us at weekend rental podcast at gmail.com. We're currently, as it stands also on Twitter. Um, and you can message us there. We're also on Hive, um, Bumble. We're, we're on uh, Mastodon. Mastodon, co-host, Firefly, um, Guitar Freaks. Who, I don't know. Just We're just on everything. Neighborhood message boards. Yeah. Th- yep. Farmers only. <laughs> we're, we're, in, we're in your neighborhood right now next door (laughs) uh yeah but email is probably your best shot so go with that anyway until next time be kind rewind coming up this week ryan escapes the walking dead andy is back on monkey island and we dive off the cliff into hardcore sax i'm ryan i'm andy and this is weekend rental episode 140 Oh, fuck. I fucked it up. It was so good. (laughs) 139. Son of a bitch. Let me try it again.